Hello and welcome to Living the Wit Life with Wit Ministries. The ministry's leaders on this podcast are, with more than 20 years of experience in ministry and also as a public speaker, Jared Wackenfuss. Also with 20 plus years as an entrepreneur and a leader in the marketing industry, Troy Foster. And I'm Matt Russell and I'm the director of Walking in Truth Ministries or WIT Ministries. We're so excited that you're joining us here today. And as we discuss today's topic and how that can help you in living the WIT life. And welcome to another episode of Living the Wit Life with Walking in Truth Ministries. Uh, I'm Matt Russell, and I've got with me here Troy Foster. Say hello, Troy. Hello. How are you? Always has that deep, rich voice. I've got that not deep, rich voice. Well, tonight (laughs) it's going to actually be the Troy and Matt show. Jared had uh, another ministry appointment that he had to go to. Look at Um, him all helping. Huh? Look at him all helping. No, he's just, he's so much more uh, spiritual than we are. Yeah, that's a fact. (laughs) That's always his joke he says about me. But anyways, um, He's going and he's doing that. He's checking out a men's ministry over in Arizona. And uh, of course, that's, that's the beauty of this is we get the freedom to be able to go and help other people as well mm-hmm. and still have some wonderful talent in Troy Foster to join us here and uh, have a conversation. Oh, so, shucks. As long as I have someone who can offset me, we're good. Yeah. We've got crazy <laughs> and genius. And crazy. It works. It works. So tonight we've got a, uh, I mean, it's pretty serious we've topic got a doozy. for you. We yeah, this, a doozy. Is not, this is not going to be a light one. No. Uh, I know one of the things, just so you guys can have a little bit of background, I've known Troy for a long time, and I'll tell you, it's, it was not a, an odd occurrence that we would come home to, to our wives, you know, at our own homes, but five in the morning, it was not strange. In fact, my wife knew if I was coming home at five, six in the morning and she's waking up, she'd say, were you and Troy just out, you know, in the parking lot talking? Many times the answer was, yes, that's it. She goes, okay, she was fine yep. with it. Yep. Because um, if I were to con- just thinking of Troy and the relationship that we have, the, one of the biggest things that I value so much in our friendship is that depth of knowledge and conversation that we have around um, really just biblical things. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 we used to live near each other when I lived in Fort Worth. And now that I'm up in the Amarillo area, I, I go through withdrawals sometimes because I don't get it that often. Likewise. But now, Likewise. Now we get to do it time. weekly. Yeah, we can do it weekly. It's great. Share it with everyone else. That's right. We'll have a conversation and everyone should listen in. In fact, this is kind of comical. Earlier, uh, Troy and I were talking on the phone and my wife said, why don't you just hit record now? I said, no, no, because it's not the right time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, tonight's topic, it's a deep one and we may step on some toes and um, 
I'm not going to really apologize for that. Our intent mm-hmm. is not to upset anyone as far as getting them upset and defensive. Mm-hmm. I do. I do intend to get someone upset to take action. Yep. To coach. That's what we want. Action. Yep. But tonight's topic, really, where's the church? And I know we were joking about that. You know, that, that can be taken so many different ways. Like, you know, where is the church today? Well, the church is in the people or it's in our hearts. It's it's all the, the community coming. No, that's not my question. It's not my question. I want to know where where are they? What are they doing? Yeah, because they're missing. They are MIA today. Yep. So I think um, it was glaringly, obviously, just because let's give a little bit of a, a backstory of of. You can you can have like a theory or an idea. All oh, the church is not working. It's not doing stuff. But we actually had something that happened this last week. Gosh, it feels like it's so crazy because today was like yesterday was like almost 80 and today was like almost 70 something. Mm-hmm. And like last week. We were in single digits. Yes. We went through the, we went through the big um, Texas freeze. Uh, and I know a lot of places in the country, they were they were also in the, you know, negative temperatures as well. But here in the Metroplex and, and Austin and various places further south in Texas, we naturally do not see that low of temperatures for that long with snow and ice and all these things. Well, it led to... A little bit of an apocalyptic situation and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people if i understood the numbers right it was four million people that lost power and or water and it wasn't for like an hour or two it was days for many and so uh, as we do we conversate and and um there was something that was not the norm that had kind of turned some heads. And one of the things was there was a couple of churches. Now I'm sure there might've been some smaller churches or other churches that, you know, didn't get the publicity or anything like that, but there were a couple of churches that stepped up Mm -hmm. that turned heads and the same breath, there were many churches that did not step up. Mm-hmm. That turned heads. And so that's yes. what's led us to this topic. So that's the exactly. background of this, this topic. And, and again, we want to present this. Um, we're, we're on your team, or you're on our team. We're, we're, we're in this together. Uh, and so I, I want to relate this kind of like in, in marriage, you know, you have, sometimes you have to say things to your spouse to saying, Hey, you know what? I really don't like that. Or I really don't like how this is working out. And it can cause feelings and frustration. And, and, you know, you can jump to conclusions. I do. I do a lot. Um, Christy has to kind of put me in a headlock and say, no, no, wake up. <laughs> We're on the same team. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you see where you may be hurting me or causing an issue or not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so that's what we want to do tonight is uh, not that we've got this all figured out, not that we have uh, done this perfectly because I haven't. And, and 
you know, I can't speak for Matt because he's he has everything lined out pretty good. He's 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 rolling real sharp right now. Um, where me, it's more like a kind of a whirlwind of just grab things and just do and and do your best. And uh, and so we want to present this in a way that we can coach each other into being better, being the church that we're supposed to be. And so I thought I, you know, the, the question is where, where is the church? What is the church? Where is the church? And when I think of that, I always think of Acts 2. And I'm sure if you've been in any church long enough, you've heard the preaching of Acts 2, where we're supposed to, you know, take care of each other and uh, make sure that the, the widows and the orphans and all that stuff are taken care of. Well, it's not some cliche statement or anything. That is what we're supposed to do. No matter if there's eight inches of snow, it's one degree with a wind chill of negative 17, which it was here, we're supposed to be out there taking care of those who can't take care of themselves. So that's where I wanted to jump off. Tell me what you're thinking, Matt. Oh, I love that. I think that that's great. I mean, you, you hit it just out of the park with that. Um, I know intentions are there. I mean, we just, we had an, we've now experienced a year of a pandemic. Right. And the church, well, let me just relate this. It, it goes much deeper than just within those walls, within the administration, which within the leaders, Within the body, it goes much deeper. And this has been something the enemy has been working on for a while. Mm -hmm. I want everybody to think back to, to 9-11. Where were you for 9-11? I mean, if you can remember September 11th and 2001, that was, that was a serious thing. Um, I remember being just frozen, staring at the TV and watching the footage from uh, actually, I was working for a company that's based out of New York, and we had a trainer there that was from New York and was in town doing that. So there was so much that we had staring as the Twin Towers were hit by planes and as yeah. those are going down, and then you've got another plane crashing, And right? That, right? That's where we were. Well, let's go a little bit further back. A little bit further back. What about Pearl Harbor? Not many people listening can remember back to Pearl Harbor. But what do you think that the sentiment was then? Anytime that the United States of America as a body, we've faced something like that. Typically what happens is the church rises up. Mm -hmm. The numbers in congregation increase. Mm -hmm. It's almost like every weekend becomes Easter weekend where the place is packed. Right. I mean, that, that's just the reality of what it is. With 9-11, that happened, but it happens pretty much when we face some kind of a, a serious event, we come together. When there's, uh, during the, um, man, the way that Rocky Four made us feel, because you got the Cold War, and we're just right. all like, we're USA. I mean, the miracle on ice, yeah. a sporting event, yep. but it brought us together. But now I wouldn't say that. That brought us together as Americans, but not so much in the church. But when 9-11 hit, there was. There was a moment of, let's come together. And 
when we came together, the churches were full. Yep. The pledges were being said. The flags were flying high. I'd never seen more flags out than, than after that time. Absolutely. But you had people, I mean, preachers were going outside. There was so much togetherness. And it was also based in the church. Yep. God bless America. You know, one nation under God. Where we are today, that pandemic hit about a year ago. What happened? People Shut left down. the church. Absolutely. People left. Rather than coming together and drawing two. Now, I want to tell you, that's actually a tool of the enemy. That is one of the enemy's tactics divide, separate. Mm -hmm. And even though there's a necessity and a need, everyone was kind of in panic mode. And the direction was go home, lock your doors. Yep. And if you do come outside, don't get close to anyone else. In fact, yeah. cover up your face so they can't see you smile or, or, or anything. They cannot see any expression. Yep. They, but there was no church uprising it was people leaving churches and even more because of the way that the church responded, which they had no, they, they didn't know they're trying, but I mean, I'll, I'll get to that, but rather than coming up with a solution that helps us to draw together, what they did is they said, we need to just listen to the authorities and they bowed down yep. to the earthly kingdom and followed that direction. And yep. look where it's got us now. Yep. Now we had a snow apocalypse. <laughs> it wasn't up here in the Panhandle. We get a little bit more. Uh, Troy knows that he's from the Panhandle. Absolutely. Um, it's not. We don't get it all the way down to Brownsville, which is the tip. We did. Yeah, we, we were covered. Yep. And um, it didn't seem. Now I will tell you this: Texans are they're pretty phenomenal people. Yep. Texans are. Yep. They take care of each other. So you saw some people who did rise up. In fact, I do want to give a little bit of um, accolades to West Texas A&M University in Canyon, Texas. Nice. Not one church that I know of, not one in Canyon or in Amarillo opened up their doors and called people to come in. But a public university said come to us if you're hungry if you're cold, cold. If whatever come to us we'll have blankets we'll have food we'll have heat so think yep. of that they shut yep. down the school but they opened up their doors yeah the churches shut down their doors and sent people home and they didn't even gather together for service because it's the safety of the people i understand the justification but what does god say about it yeah. What is what is the church supposed to be doing at that time? In fact, going all the way back, what's the purpose of the church? What are they supposed to do? Mm -hmm. You want to kick that one out? Well, I think for us to really understand where we're trying to go with this, it is extremely difficult to turn a cruise ship. It's extremely difficult to to just yank that wheel and get her to turn right around. We get that totally 100%. And I say that to say that's how a big church 
is. It's extremely difficult for a big church to make some of these changes just on a dime. And I understand that. There's, there's a lot of moving parts. If you were to do that, you would end up hurting things and messing things up. Where we want to go is church as individuals, small groups, people that can make those pivots within these trying times that we're in. This is not something that it's like a big corporation trying to um, be nimble enough to take on these big things. That's why we had those bailouts years and years ago, because they couldn't. They couldn't make those changes fast enough to keep up with the things that were actually happening on Main Street instead of Wall Street. And so for us, the, the main thing for a church, what, what is a church supposed to do? Spread the good news. Mm-hmm. Be salt and be light. That's our job. That's it. I like salt, so it's it's easy for me to uh, you know, <laughs> emit salt um, in that way. But no, to, to be salt, there's two, two things for salt. It's to preserve and to bring flavor. It's to preserve something or heal and to bring hope, happiness, joy, uh, uh, an answer. And so, and, you know, light's easy enough. When it's dark, if you've ever, this is a funny story. Okay, so the other night I was working real late and I've got computer screens and they're really bright and all this stuff. And I was getting in bed, I don't know, about 1.45 in the morning. And I lock up the house, check on everything, head back to my bedroom or head back to the hallway, check on the kiddos and then walk back into my room. Uh, Christy and I, and the kiddos, they've got night lights and this and that. In our room, I like it dark because when I sleep, I sleep. I just want it dark. Well, with it being dark, I had forgotten that I had closed our door because our hallway is really dark there. And I'd forgotten I'd closed it because I was recording some stuff. And so I was talking and I didn't want to wake up everyone. So I closed our door. And as I was walking into the hallway, I just, I mean, it was just a like, I'm hurrying, getting into bed. There was no like stick your hands up or prepare yourself. I smacked the door so hard that it shook the house. And I was, I saw so light. There's, there's, it's, it's obvious what light does. If I'd have had a light, I would not have smacked that door. Um, now I've lost kind of train of thought. But as a church, this is what we, what we need to do. It's, it's not hard. It's not. Uh, technical is nothing that we have to just like plan out in in super far advance and and have these specific tasks you know mapped out exactly go out help people Mm -hmm. and and especially when there's a situation like we've had it's glaring it's it's an alarm ding 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 here i am go do it when 2020 came around um, you know, I, I, mem- I remember us talking about what was it called? Um, what do they call them? 2020, the beginning of the year, you do the resolutions. That's oh, yeah, is. resolutions. Um, and so I remember saying I was excited about all this stuff. And as, and it wasn't like a normal, it was like there was something different. And I was super excited that we were getting to go into 2020. That's just kind of the feeling I had was like, this is going to be 
This is going to be epic. Well, it was definitely epic. Um, but it was a blaring alarm, alarm for us to be the body of Christ, to do what he commands us to do. First, mm-hmm. love one another and love, uh, help love others and love mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And we, mm-hmm. we messed up. Yeah. And I mean, and I say that as a big body Christ, not, not mm-hmm. smaller individuals. Cause there's, there's stories that I know of, but yeah, we messed up. Mm-hmm. True. Now, one of the things that you made me really think about is you're talking about the light. And then also with the reaction was as 2022 is rolling around. I mean, think about a, a lighthouse and what it does. Mm-hmm. A lighthouse is, is shining a light so you can see. It's also, it's giving warning to the dangers that lie ahead. Yep. And it's also given a safe beacon for the direction in which to go. Yep. So as the church, it's what we're supposed to do. And what happened, 2020 hit. And I mean, the realities, but the facts of what took place, lots of death. And not just by a, um, the virus. Yeah. Not just by that. Suicides, suicides. skyrocketed. Massive. Divorce. Massive. Skyrocketed. Yep. Alcoholism, drug abuse, all these things that, what is the church here to help? Crime, skyrocketed. Hunger. People dying of hunger, not just around the world, but here. And the church is where we are supposed to, as individuals, but also as as the big body. We're supposed to rise up. And like like Troy, you alluded to, I know some amazing stories, some people that did some phenomenal things. Absolutely. But what have we done during this time? Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, our focus around us in in society the hottest topics have become even hotter Mm -hmm. and almost to the point of like you're losing grip like abortion right it's usually one of those topics you can't talk about you can't talk about abortion why because we're going to gain ground if you don't talk about it if you talk about it you're gonna make people aware okay i got you i understand so what do the church do they shut up they shut up and they sat down so what's happening today we're talking about how many hours that a baby can be alive and still be since be yeah that's murder yeah it's insane but where's the church yep they're afraid and and really as we know the church we're supposed to take care of orphans and widows we're supposed to take care of jerusalem we're supposed to take care of i mean all these things that we're supposed to do god said what is perfect religion you know what perfect religion is take care of those who can't take care of themselves. But the church is so focused today. And, and again, individual and big, we're, we're busy just trying to, uh, the church itself is running as a business. Yeah, It's not even worried about saving the numbers or the quality of life for people. They're looking at the quantity of numbers in their congregation or watching them online or who all's giving still. Mm-hmm. You know what? I know one church that said on that topic right there. They said we're gonna we're gonna keep being the church, and if we lose money because people are hurting, God knows He's the one who provides in the first place. Yeah. So they continued, and it is one that's here. I mean, they're 
it's not right in Amarillo and right here in Canyon. It's it's out a little bit, but they did. They they um, they they started going and reaching out to people, taking mm -hmm. meals to people who are stuck mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. They started being what the church is supposed to be. And you know what? They had fewer people coming, but the size of the people watching online grew, and so did their the, the number of tithes that they received. Yeah, the provision. God knew. Well, he you knew. The, yeah, you sowed the seed. Exactly. Reap it. And so exactly. they went out and sowed that seed. And guess what? They reaped it. Exactly. So the, the church, it's, there's two things that I really saw as big, massive, glaring black eyes. One would be the fact that it's a business. It's not a ministry anymore. Right. Then most churches, not all. And I'm talking about the actual church, but now going to the people church, they're operating under a, a covering of a fear of man yep. versus a fear of God. Yep. It's not about, I mean, do you think that there's anything in the Bible about pandemics? They face pandemics. Yeah. You remember well, the one where, where they, they just all started because they were being disobedient. They weren't listening and God said, fine, I'm going to go ahead and just allow, you're just going to start getting sick. <laughs> yeah. and they did and they started dying yeah and then they're crying out and saying what do we do what do we do so well now you're crying out to the source you were turning your back on me now you're coming back to the source and then he said here's all you have to do i'm going to put a serpent on a staff just go look at it go look at it and you'll be saved from the pandemic well then they said we have some people who can't even go out and look he goes you don't have to you don't have to actually go look. You have to have the faith in knowing. Yep. Well, that serpent on the staff was a foreshadowing of Jesus on the cross. Yep. You don't have to wonder and question, what is the answer? What does God want us to do? He gave you all the answers. Seek him. Yep. He should be the priority, period. I, I mean, I'm not wanting to completely ridicule i know that when we're all going through trouble it's it's difficult but the thing is whenever you're squeezed at the hardest that's where those things are going to come out and i know someone who told me he said he needed to focus on taking care of his family first he didn't have time to focus in on god wow and i said if you focus in on god he'd take care of your family and he does a better job than you do yeah but he didn't want to hear it he didn't want to hear it, but as a church, that's what, that's what we've been doing. Yeah, I agree. I think that if we need to make a pivot and I, you know, when this was all announced, it's a national emergency. And if I remember my dates, right, this, it was announced on Purim mm -hmm. last yeah. year and yes, we're coming up to Purim this year and so it's almost been a year so when when something comes up like that um you you do have to kind of shift your feet and you kind of have to get rebalanced and you have to figure out you have to get your bearings set because everything changed and so i i get it that some churches and some people are like go buy the toilet paper go go get as much napkins as you can get and and you know let's barricade ourselves in the house um I, okay i get it we've we had to kind of 
recalibrate what our life was going to look like. But after you got your, you know, footing, we should have been actively, and I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but actively attacking the enemy. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't ever want to bring in my personal stories of, of like how we gave and all that, because it's going to just seem like it's a kind of a gloating story, but I'm trying to say it in a way that doesn't reflect on exactly what, what Christy and I have done. Um, but we, when the crap hit the fan, we, we knew just because of what scripture tells us when it gets bad, here's a word for you. You get gooder. When it gets bad, you get gooder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's you you don't you don't fall towards the bad or you fall in fear of the bad or you cower. You you whatever good you were doing, double it. Whatever whatever if you were praying, um, fifteen minutes a day, pray thirty minutes a day. When you're in those situations, when you know that the enemy has walloped the world you you push further into god you double up you triple up um 30 60 100 fold up whatever you want to call it and i know that there there's several churches that that did um we're attending one that has and he, uh, our pastor he'll say you know hey when it first happened we we're kind of like what in the world you know everyone's like shut down and let's do this and and then they quickly realized yeah that's pretty stupid that's 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 just dumb and mm. the story comes to my mind of when the leper was approaching jesus and he was crying out and his disciples were like no master stay away he's got leprosy and jesus is like really walks mm. over and touches the man and heals him. Not, not to belittle, I've had friends that have gotten sick. I've had friends that have died from the virus. Um, I, I get it. Not to belittle this, but this is what we were supposed to... I mean, God gave us a big old softball pitch to go out and be his glorious body. And... Mm -hmm. We again, we boo booed big, yeah. and we should have pushed instead of fearing what Fox TV and CNN and all these. I'm just gonna say it propaganda machine, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, they're just fear, they're a false prophet fear. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they're telling you, and so everyone just became afraid of man yeah. instead of fearing what god says mm -hmm. and then having the heart within them <clears throat> to truly love god and love his presence and love to be within his glory and and have that that desire in their heart to people are god's creation and so in turn when we love god we or when we love people and we do things for people we are loving god and and 
it's time for us to change. It's time for us to step up and do this. It's time for us to stop listening to some scientist. It's time for us to stop listening to these statistics because there's a lot of it's noise. And, oh, yeah. and but the, the thing that we should listen to is what the Bible tells us. Mm-hmm. When there's a problem, we step up. Nobody else will and shouldn't. We are to. That gives us that open door. We've got the answers to present a Messiah who loves them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, thinking back, I mentioned it. I mean, I wasn't there for sure. Um, my One of my grandfathers was. I had one grandfather that was in World War One. I. I had one grandfather that was in World War Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife's grandfather was in Korea. My father was in Vietnam. I mean, I, uncles, all kinds of people, and aunts involved. But think of this: with World War Two and what we rose up against, and God's ultimate plan. You have to think of this history. When you can look at history as a study of God's uh, redeeming love for his people, study through that lens, why did God allow World War II? Because he is still all-powerful. He still is fully in control. God has it all. Yep. So why did he allow something like world war ii well think of this that's a second thought to this first one getting ahead of myself no that happens we know that add just wait you know it's like a viewfinder it'll come back around it'll all come back it all comes back just wait anyways um lots of people lots of good people rose up during world war ii Mm -hmm. and they went for the cause there i actually met a woman today that was born at home in happy texas the town that never never has a frown but happy texas this woman was born during world war ii at home because the hospitals were closed because all the doctors had to go mm-hmm. they had to go to, to help because of the war yeah and think do you think some of those doctors may have died that were they carrying a gun were they out there shooting on the line or they you think some of them may have gotten hurt in Korea? I mean, everybody, we all remember the the beginning to mash because I'm sure me, I was young that my dad would always, it was the weather and mash. That yeah. was it. You can't talk during those two things. Yeah. But mash, you always, it's a hospital. Yeah. It's a medical base and they're coming under fire and they're, they're taking on bombs and all this other kinds of stuff. That's I know that's a TV show, but it's a reflection of the real. Do you, do yeah. you think that some good people, <coughs> excuse me, some good people who are rising up and joining the cause may have actually been taken out as casualties because of that? Mm-hmm. Do you think that do you think that that was a bad thing? All right. What I mean, I know this answer. I'm just doing this thought. There's a word that we have for people who rise up and for right and die for that cause. They're called yep. martyrs. Yep. Stephen was one. He was the first martyr yep. for Christ, 
Acts 2. Think about how God, I, I love that story. And I have to get back to World War II. And I may have to do it after, I don't know, whatever. But it just made me think of this. That's the one, you know, there's, yeah. there's no plan. We just do it. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Stephen, he stood up and he quoted back to them scripture, stuff that, that was foundational. Scripture, Torah. He said, we know this. We know this. We know you can't deny any of these things that I'm saying to you right now. That is Torah. He quoted the uh, prophets and he mentioned this is the way we know it to be. So he stood up for what was right. Yep. He spoke truth and they stoned him to death. Yep. But he looked up in the heavens. He saw the heavens open up and he saw the father. And he saw the son standing at the throne. They gave him a standing ovation. Yep. So if if we're facing something, a pandemic, we were supposed to rise up. Do you think some people might be taking out, maybe taken out through the process? Sure. If I go and I help a bunch of people who have COVID, I mean, the doctors and the nurses are rising up and they're going on the attack and they're going to take on and try to help in the situation. Why wasn't the church? Because we might catch it. Okay. So people are going to know my followers by their love. Mm -hmm. They're going to know because not their love and saying, I care about others. Therefore I'm going to stay as far away as I can from them. No. That's not love. No. Go and feed them, go and yep. clothe them, yep. go and take them water. Go and care for them while they're in prison. What you do for the least of these, you've done for me. Absolutely. Now, back to history, and then I'll be done with this part, and then you'll have a break from my voice. Um, by the way, you can contact me at Matt Russell. I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> um, history, it's studying God's redeeming love for his people. Mm -hmm. Why did God allow World War II? It's the deadliest war. It, why? There's so many people and looking at that. Now, of course, World War I was also with the trenches, but World War II was, it was ridiculous. Why would God allow either one of those two wars? Well, the direct result of World War I was the defeat of the Ottoman Empire who had control over the Holy Land, yep. which started the largest, largest migration of Jews back to Israel. That's one. Why World War II? And some people say, well, that was so that we can get rid of the tyrant, Hitler. Really? Not minimizing this at all, but Hitler killed 6 million Jews. How many did Stalin kill? Yeah. Stalin killed 11 million. So yeah. you're telling, not Jews, but also Jews, but he killed 11 million people who just disagreed with his ideology, who he just thought disagreed with him. He was more murderous than Hitler was. Yeah. So why would God get rid of a tyrant to replace him with another tyrant? No, that wasn't why God allowed World War II. It was because a direct result of World War II was the completion of, or the next step in the Zionist movement. Israel became a nation. Yep. So it's God's redeeming love. Why then would God allow a natural or man-made? Who cares? Why would God allow a pandemic like that to be pushed all around the world? 
But even worse than that, you know, it was worse than the pandemic, the fear. But why would God allow that to take place as an opportunity to redeem somewhere? But the church, not all, most went the other direction. They ran. Yep. Mm. Yep. And it, and as you're talking, I was thinking that. Paul calls what we do a race and a fight, and he kind of pairs it up with kind of sporting type of stuff. And in my mind, you have to think of like maybe football or baseball. Just think of it like a baseball. If you come from another planet and you just see not the whole team out there, but you see a pitcher and a batter, and you come down and you see – this dude is throwing as hard as he can at this other guy, and the other guy's just standing there, but he's going to hit it. Well, that's what God has done for us. He has, he has literally put us up. Uh, we're up to bat, boys, and he's given us the opportunity to knock out a home run, mm -hmm. a grand slam. And with – with everything that comes with a discussion like this, one of the things always comes up, well, what's the church supposed to do? Are we, um, are we, we're supposed to love each other, right? Okay. Well, what does love look like? And a lot of times, um, grace and works pops up into this thing too. Let me ask you this question in what I call real love. How does grace versus works work? Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're asking me? I am asking you. <laughs> well, I know. Just a short the, answer. The, yeah. The, the thing is, in the Bible... In James, he, he flat out directly hits that. And he yeah. says, he says, so if you see some people who are in need, basically, some people who are cold or people who are hungry, you're not helping them by just going and praying for them. Yeah. You're not going by saying, man, I really just hope that you're taken care of. I'll pray for you later. I'm going to get my family together. We're going to pray for you so that you can get some food. No, because if you really show love, you're getting them some food. Yeah. You're, you're going to help them out. Yeah. Jesus, again, went right back to what I just talked about there from John, where he said, he said, um, when he was separating the goats and the, the sheep. sheep. Yep. And then he said, well, wait, so what's the difference here? He says, when I was cold, you gave me clothing. Or when I was naked, you gave me clothing. When I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was in prison, and they asked, when did we do those things? And he said, when you did it, not when you prayed about it. When you did. Think about that. It's the faith. The fruit is the works. Yep. The fruit isn't that grace. 
Grace is when we allow for other people's fault. Well, grace is bestowed on me because I'm not perfect. I might not say the right thing. I might not do the right thing. And grace covers that. Yep. But it does not feed my belly. No. Yep. No, that's where, because you love, because you have faith, that's that works. That's it. Yeah. Do it. Are you concerned about what the future holds? Are you confident that the retirement plans that you have today will still be secure tomorrow? Let us help you by clearing up the uncertainty. This is Matt Russell, the director of WIT Ministries. Many of us at Walking in Truth Ministries are bivocational, working in our ministry as well as in the financial services industry at Win Big Financial Group. We help people to build a tax-free and risk-free retirement. Give me a call at 817-903-2575 to support our ministry and to secure your family's financial future. Again, call today at 817-903-2575. Thank you and God bless. This is going to be a very controversial statement here, but... um, that's what we do. That's it's what, what I, we do. It's what we do. It's we're just, wanting to talk about truth so we can yep. live out the truth. And I'm sorry if it's right and you don't like and you prefer yep. to do what's wrong. It's still truth. Sorry, yeah, and, go ahead. And, and, and with this statement, study it out for yourselves. Don't, don't believe what we say. Don't believe hmm. exactly what your pastor says. Study it out for yourself. Show yourself approved. Um, but this statement I'm going to make is that grace only has one major playing point in our lives and that's at salvation Mm -hmm. grace now i get paul says where there's sin where there's great sin grace much more abounds i understand all that that part of it Um, but that also goes back to salvation salvation no matter what your sin is his grace his favor upon you unmerited favor it allows for you it allows for you to do the works Mm -hmm. that's where the grace comes in and and the the works is the proof of your grace or the grace Mm -hmm. that was given to you and revelation the seven churches one thing that is said over and over and over is I see your works or I know your works. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into other stuff to coach you into being better. And he we get, we can go through each of those churches. Um, Matt, if you want to run with that, I'll let you run with that here in a minute. But the idea is he sees our works and that is what we're judged upon. It's not... Our idea of giving someone good thoughts. Oh, I'm going to think about you and send up some make-believe prayer because most of the time someone will say, oh, you know, we'll pray for you. And and granted, we're busy people and, you know, I've done it. I, you know, raise my hand. I'm, I'm part of that problem that someone will say something and I'll forget to pray for them. Now, I do pray for a lot of people, but 
there's that time. But the the biggest part of the life here on earth is kingdom come, your will be done. That is an action. That is a that is a physical pursuit of rebelling against this kingdom here on earth. And that is only done when we go against what the world says. And so this idea of following doctors, and God love them, I love doctors, they do a fantastic job. I am not poo-pooing on any doctor at all, but there is an agenda for fear that doctors have maybe unwillingly or willingly participated in that we're not we're not to lay hands on anybody well that's what the bible tells us to do lay hands mm-hmm. on people and pray get with them and so with some subjects like this uh do you want to hop in on the seven churches i can touch on some of them pretty quickly yeah we do that now yeah yeah do that and then i've, I've got another turn so in the this is something that a lot of people they, they uh, there's a lot of discussion there's a lot of different views about the seven churches in revelation uh, some people say that well there's these are actually seven specific churches that jesus is uh speaking to here and sending a, a message to just seven churches in the world and um, then there's also some people who view that these seven churches are um, different spirits that, you know, they, they might be, behave a certain way. And some people believe that, uh, like within the church, you'll see these seven things within a church. And then there's some that, that um, kind of like me, I, I believe that he's talking about the major spirit that's over a church. Mm-hmm. So there's many churches in the world, and some of them fall into the majority now they could have a mixture a blend of some of these different behaviors but the overall spirit over the church falls into one of these seven now also i'll start with the best one of course the best one you talk to any pastor you talk to any congregation you talk to anyone and you they say okay so if you're one of those seven churches which one are you every one of them says philadelphia we're philadelphia why? Because Philadelphia means phileo, Delphi. It's the it's brotherly love. So with that, I'll start with that one. I'm not going to go through the whole thing on every one of these, but I want to get a main point. And I may miss some of the points on every one of them, but I, I need you to catch this about the church as a whole and what we need to do. Because that, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. The, the whole idea is what do we do? As the body of Christ now, what are, how can we, as, as Troy put it, pivot? How can we make that pivot? Well, anyways, here's, here's seven different churches, and I believe spirits over them. So, uh, first of all, it always starts off with some kind of description of Jesus. In this one, it says, he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. Okay, so a description of Jesus. And they're, every one of them is different. Not one of them is the same, but it's always Jesus. In fact, mm-hmm. the book of Revelation, it's yep. Jesus. It's Jesus. But his next phrase, 
I know your deeds. I know your works. I know, I know, I see the action. I know your deeds and behold, I have put before you an open door, which no one can shut. It's like, there's nobody out there who's going to come up against you because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Every pastor says, that's our church. Oh, we're so faithful to Jesus. It's always, we're not doing anything wrong. It's Jesus. It's always, right. I don't know why they're always Southern and deep Southern whenever I describe them, but whatever. It, I think it's great because then it's, it's not my voice. It's <laughs> someone else. Yeah. But anyways, behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews, but are not, but lie. I'll make them come and bow down. Basically he says, I'm going to, um, you guys have done good. You're doing a great job. I applaud the works that I see you doing and I'm going to protect you. And then he goes on and says, in fact, I'm going to make sure that you get a crown. You get a crown. In fact, it says he, um, uh, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. So it, it, all these honors are being bestowed upon this church because of what they're doing. But every time, all seven churches, he says at the end, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Mm -hmm. So now let me go to some of the other ones. I'll just go to start off with Ephesus, the first one. Ephesus, again, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks them on the seven golden lampstands. That's Jesus. I know your deeds. It's right there. I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance. And that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put the test you put to the test those who call themselves apostles so he says i see what you're doing but then this is why they all want to be philadelphia because philadelphia doesn't have this line he gets apart and he says but i have this against you but six of the seven churches jesus says i see but. what you're doing yeah but and in this case right here Ephesus, I won't go through, like I said, read it, but I'll give you an understanding of what it is. He says, you have forgotten your first love. Basically, they became uh, more focused on idolatry than on God. They replaced God with everything else. So he says, you need to do this. And then, he, of course, he who has an ear, he who has, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now, Smyrna. It says, the first and the last who has dead and has come to life. Jesus says this. I know your tribulation or your trouble or your works. But then he goes on and he says, but you have allowed in false teachers who are teaching against me. Not just that, but teaching basically the synagogue of Satan. That's a pretty bad one. That's yes. not a good one to yeah, be in. Yeah, that one's, yeah, that goes That's up. That's not a good one. The, yeah. So don't do that. And then yeah. Pergamum, the one who has a sharp two-edged sword. It's Jesus. Um, I know where you where you dwell, but he also, this is the one that he doesn't really talk about their works. He says, I know where you are, where you dwell. 
and I also know where Satan's throne is. But in here, he talks about uh, in Pergamum, he says, you have also let in some who hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans. Now, that's a whole other episode we could talk about, but I'll tell you this. <laughs> the teachings of the Nicolaitans are the ones who teach against obedience to God's word. They teach against obedience. That sounds very similar to today's Christian church. church. And what do they put in the place of that word? I still have a couple more to go, but the word they put as their justification for teaching against is grace. Now, the message to Tiatira. Those are always fun names. The son of God, that makes it easy, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like burnished bronze. It's Jesus. He says, I know your deeds. Again, I know your works and your love and faith and service and perseverance. But you have allowed the spirit of Jezebel to come in and ruin and run. You are also being led by that to commit acts of immorality and idolatry. And so, again, works, 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 works. Now, they're not saved because of works. Nope. But he's saying, I see your works. And then you've got two more. Sardis. This is a big one. Sardis says, he who has the seven spirits of God and seven stars. Okay, it's Jesus. And here's what he says to them. This, this is actually, in my opinion, this is one of the worst ones. Uh, now, there is one more that is the, but this is one of. Wake up. Basically, he says, I see your works, and they're empty. You're doing, you're walking, but you have no faith. So he says the most important thing there is because you have the faith, then, then I'll see those works. But the works that you have, nope. You, you're not really doing anything wrong. You're not doing a whole lot of things that are wrong, but you cannot do anything righteous without me. Then you get to Laodicea. This is the one, a lot of people know this one. He says, I see, I know your deeds, but also see that you're neither hot nor cold. So because of being lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I will reject you fully because you want to stick to that middle road. You can't commit. I'd rather you be cold than be lukewarm. But it's his works. It's, it's not his. It's the works. So what do we do as a church? We all want to be Philadelphia. But the whole system in Philadelphia was they sought God. God was their note. They had their priorities set right. It was about God first. They loved God, and then they loved their brothers. That's exactly what Philadelphia means. Yep. They took care of each other. When someone is sick, someone was there to care for them. When someone 
fell, someone was there to lift them up. When so, I mean, that's even out of Ecclesiastes. I think Ecclesiastes 4, where he says that even though we're under this oppression, at least you have two. Because if you have one, there's nobody there to help lift you up. Yep. We're both facing the same thing. Come together. Just like the song says. Yeah. Come right together. now. Over right me. Now. Oh, but not over me, over him. Over but me. yes, but that's the seven churches. He talks about every single one of them. I see your works. Now, what are those works? Bad works would be following the teachings of people saying to go against God's obedience to God's law. Yep. Don't do that. Bad. Or idolatry, putting something before God. Don't do that. Doctor. Oh, whoo. How about? allowing the um the spirit of jezebel to step in to make it all more about me vanity material things i'm more important immorality fleshly things yep. or what about not choosing a side or having no faith no faith back no belief in jesus christ yep. you can help as many grandmas across the street you want nothing without yep. jesus he says, I see your works, but they're empty. There's nothing there. And then he says, don't be lukewarm. Choose a side. And I just pray and hope that you choose me. Yep. Well, I, I know so many people say that's impossible. We can't do that. It's not what the scripture says. Sorry. Well, that's, go ahead. that's no faith. Exactly. That's no faith. And, and, and all of this, that's what it takes. Faith, faith, in a good picture of faith is a person standing. Um, say they've slipped off a cliff and they've landed on a, a little rock down low, not too far from the top, and there's no way for them to get back up. And all of a sudden, they see this rope fly out in front of them, but they can't see the top, and it's about seven, eight feet from where they are they would have to jump to that rope to get out. Well, that's exactly what this type of faith is. is it's not just like, I'll, you know, plan A, I'll believe Jesus, plan B, I'll do something else. That's not faith. You, you've got a backup. What this is, is, okay, all in, and you go jump to that rope. You don't know if it's going to hold you. You don't know who's got who threw the rope down to you. You don't know anything. You just know that's my way out. I'm going to trust this. I'm going to have faith. That's what that, that word is. So to do any of the things that we're talking about, you have to have faith that God is sovereign. He's going to do what he's going to do. Um, I think with Laodicean church, uh, when I was in Bible college, there's a teaching that each one of these churches were like a, an era for all churches. So the first mm -hmm. era was this, and then, then the next one, and so on. So Ephesus was one era, and then Philadelphia was the next. And the last one is Laodicea, in that the church right before Christ comes back <clears throat> would be a lot like Laodicean. Yeah, it might be true. I mean, there's there's a lot of similarities to these things. Um, and I think it lays out exactly what we're supposed to do. Be, be hot or cold. And for a long time, I was like, well, why would God, I mean, we're supposed to be on fire for God. We're supposed to be on fire for God. And uh, as I was studying through that, that's actually 
it's it's distinction is what what he's asking you to be either be hot or be cold don't be undist what is it undistinguishable of whether you're hot or cold just pick one or the other and this is an idea of whether it's exactly what god was trying to talk about but i see cold being something refreshing like a cold drink of water it's refreshing or so it's cold to be refreshing and hot would be medicinal like a cup of coffee or soup or something and so he wants you to be two of those dichotomies either be refreshing to people give them hope be refreshing joyful or be medicinal and bring love sometimes it may mm -hmm. be a little bit of a hard love but bring love and help them out so choose to be either hot or cold and it's going to be the in and the outs you know um, it doesn't mean you're always going to be cold or you're always going to be hot but choose one or the other do not be indistinguishable and do nothing mm -hmm. don't don't be the two together and be nothing because i'll spew you out and so we can talk about you know uh, the church has done this and didn't do this and all those things uh, the big thing that we want to get to on this topic is the nuts and bolts what can we do okay 2020s happen you know everyone was like whew all right 2020 is over 2021 came around like buckle up we're not done <laughs> uh, so as christians who are a part of a body whose head is the messiah we have to have faith we understand that part but what can we do that's the works do what can we do look at the resources that you have look at the talents that god's given you yep. look at the god has given you everything that you need to be able to do what his will i mean really he's every bit of it you've already got it the thing is take action use the resource that he gave for others yep i mean yes the resources are also for you you to have you know a job you to have well more than a job but to be able to make a living um that's a lot of why god gave us the gifts but within that are you doing your work are you doing his work mm -hmm. when you see someone in need i i coached with a guy that uh i mean he was amazing amazing guy big heart anytime we passed by someone who is broken down on the side of the road he's pulling over yep every single person was his responsibility and I understand that. I get it. But we sometimes had to travel pretty far because we beat the snot out of people and people didn't really know about us far away. So it was easier to get games with them because when, you know, they're close by, they know because we've already beaten them, you know, and hit them really over, hard. With over, good, over. <laughs> good Christian love. But, but um, we, there's one time we were coming home and it was almost three in the morning and I'm wow. driving and it's dark and we still got an hour and a half to make it back. And there's someone with a flat tire 
And he says, we have to pull over. We have to pull over. Now, I understand certain circumstances, three in the morning, that's, that's scary for people. But every car that's on the side of the road is not your responsibility. Right. But some of them are. Yes, they are. So you need to ask. You need to be having that relationship to where you can have that. Like we talked about in the previous episode about prayer. You need to be in that constant communication, just that unceasing prayer to where you're just going, Father, I see that. Holy Spirit, is that for me? Or do you already have someone else on their way? Yep. You don't want to get in the way of a plane. Some It may have been for whoever it is that's coming out there is going to come to them and then go and help someone. God sent someone else and it may be an unbeliever and that unbeliever is going to come by and they're going to see that person get out of the car, go over there, help them with the tire. And then that person who had the flat tire leads that person to Christ. Or you could get out. You can say, oh, we're both Christian. That's cool. No, sometimes you need to step aside and allow God to work, but you have to know, you have to ask, you have to seek. But doing nothing is never, never God's plan. If, if you're literally doing nothing, then you're not even praying. You're not even looking for a solution. What we're supposed to do, um, let's say... You know, we know we have five senses. Well, let's look at five different things that the church does. They feed the hungry. They evangelize or they spread the good news. There's uh, taking care of the sick. There's giving to the poor. There's clothing. I mean, there's so many different things that we could say, right? Let's just look at five things. Well, what happens if all of a sudden one of them is taken away? What if you lose one of your five senses? The other four increase. Yep. You don't have less. The other ones do more. So when all of a sudden you can't feed the hungry because something's going on with the food that it, you need to make sure that it's healthy, you need to make sure, and there's a lot more stipulation or the law steps in and says, you can't do that. I mean, I, I know right now because of what's happened in Texas, I know that they were passing through in the state of Texas that they were going to start cutting the budget to the food pantries directly. That's what you need to do during this time is stop feeding people. But right. whatever, if yeah. one of those things gets taken away, then the other four increase. So if you can't allow people to come in to your church, because that's what we do as a church, right? We open the doors and say, we're in here come in yeah. <laughs> right we just yell out we play our music louder so they know oh yeah. they're not we better go see them go to them yep if they can't come to you go to them there were churches that were literally having service outside because they said well outside's a lot safer than inside they attacked um i'll just say it this attack was an opportunity for the enemy to go after the church, this pandemic. Oh, the enemy attacked the church directly, and many pastors let it happen. But some pastors said, not me. They said, no. And they were arrested for having service outside. 
But the other one said, well, I don't want to go to prison. Is that what Stephen said? Is that what Peter said? What about Paul? How many times was he in prison? Right. And beaten. And beaten. I mean, three times they tried to kill him. He was shipwrecked over and over again. Well, I mean, that's still. But still, he didn't stop because it got tough. He didn't stop. And a lot of these churches are sitting there saying, we need to read what Paul wrote. Well, they forget that Paul wrote it from prison. Or Paul wrote it whenever he was facing some, some kind of massive pandemic. He was facing it. But he was, every single one of those letters, I love, Philippians is one of my favorites knowing that was one of the prison letters and he talks more in that one than any of the other ones about joy mm-hmm. like what does he have to be happy for he's in prison this is after one of the shipwrecks this is after being failed at being hanged i mean come on yeah. he's survived a stoning Ugh, he's like I, I can't even die but anyways uh <laughs> Ah, like they keep doing this to me and i keep living right he never stopped because that joy was so strong absolutely because the joy was so strong he said he said um you know what god loves you and if i die telling you about his love for you so be it but i'm not going to die failing to tell you that's what we need to do as the church. Yeah. One thing's taken away, increase in another area. Don't be scared. Don't fall to the fear of man. Yeah. Fear of God is much stronger. It should be. You know, it says that the sting of death is, or the sting of sin is death. Well, that means while you're living, sin doesn't seem all that bad. But at death, you'll feel it. But in that whole thing, that's when Jesus also talked about how we can be resurrected. He says, but I overcame. Yeah. Death with me, death has no sting. There's no sting. Mm-hmm. Because as a church, we help other people to overcome We tell them of warnings and dangers and things that are coming. But we go to them. Don't wait for them to come to you. If you get a disease by helping people, take all the precautions you can. If you get frostbitten, saving people's lives, take all the precautions you can. One of those precautions is never do nothing yep but do you yep. want to wrap it up well i mean i've got a scripture that anytime someone says you know what what can we do as the church what are we supposed to do um is matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom <laughs> seek first the kingdom and his righteousness that that word right there is is the word zedekah and if uh i think i talked about it in a couple podcast so if you're listening you need to go back and check out some of those other ones um and the word zedekah is to to help that is i mean it's that's that's its whole premise 
is righteousness is to right a wrong. That's that's what it is. So seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And I'll let you listeners go and look up that scripture and read the rest of it. But that, what can we do? That. Seek first mm-hmm. the kingdom. Seek people who are in need, who are hurting. If there's someone that's fighting depression, go over and be an ear. You, you may not have to fix the situation at the moment. Now, there is a process to that, and and you should be mindful of it. But if someone's depressed, which it has skyrocketed since 2020, mm-hmm. everyone being home, not getting sunlight, uh, and depression has shot up, go and be a listening ear. Yeah, it may take a couple hours. It may be awkward. Go do that. If you can't get out of your home or you're a business person and you're super busy, give your money Mm -hmm. to those that are out there doing the fight. Human trafficking. Give money to those people who are going actively and saving kids Mm -hmm. from being trafficked. <laughs> you're you're never in a position where you you can't do anything. Hopefully I said that right. You've always got an opportunity to do something. That's how I should have worded it. There's there's no reason for us as a body to just completely shut down. Cover our face lock ourselves in a house or wherever you're at and hope for the best. That is, that is, that's not our option. Our option is to get out there when the crap hits the fan. That's what we're supposed to do. When the troubles come, we go to work. So I think I know we probably stepped on some toes and I know we've uh, maybe stirred up some questions. Shoot those questions to us. We would absolutely love to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we want to present this in, in a kosher way, in a loving way that we're on the same team. We didn't do everything right. All right. You know, I'll say I didn't do everything right during 2020. I mean, I had a moment of like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. What are we doing now? Um, Because our church shut down and for the majority of it didn't open back up. And I was kind of in this limbo area of like, okay, what do I need to do? Well, we upped our giving, Not, not just to our church, but we upped our giving to, we sought out orphanages, direct orphanages. So we, we looked out and we found an orphanage that has a small giving base. So we, okay, there's, so we can, we seeked out these things. Um, what else did we do? And the only reason I tell you this is to hopefully encourage you to maybe jog the memory of things that need to be done around you. Um, uh, Battered Women's Place, we... Uh, become friends with them just because we gave so much clothes this year. 
um, the lady's like, do you guys still have clothes in your house? And, and, and we're like, Hey, we've got more than we ever could ever wear. So we're given. And, uh, we know that you guys do a good work and, uh, the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, uh, we give to a couple of those. So there's plenty for us to do, to not just sit idle. Get off your rear end and let's go to work. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's put on the armor, start swinging that sword, and let's take back the land that the enemy has stole. And, mm-hmm. and, I mean, they've stolen. So it's, it's not that we're just trying to attack someone just to take back land. No, they've stolen ground from us. So it's time for us to strap everything on, get well-versed with your sword and your shield, because this is not going to be easy. And probably won't be a lot of fun in many cases. But when you get to the other side of it, just like working out, working out, in my opinion, is... It just it sucks. I I hate it. I hate I hate working out. I hate doing that. But on the other side of it, you know, we can keep it up for a couple months. You start looking in the mirror and you start by like, hey, look at you. You're looking pretty good, Baldy. And uh anyways, I think I think as as we do wrap up and we we tie a little bow to this, join us. Mm-hmm. Join us in this effort to not promote a bottom line at some church the amount of money they raised or and i'm not talking bad on those things they that's fine but what we are wanting to do is encourage and activate you to do the works in your community your neighbors do you know their names? Do you know their needs? Go find a food bank. Serve. I mean, serve for a weekend, just you know, a couple of hours. They'd be more than thrilled to have you help. It'll definitely change your perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Find a way to give more. If you can't physically get out, you're busy, but you just you just raking in that money. You just doze, you know, just rolling everywhere. Give give more this is our opportunity to do more be gooder (laughs) so as we close it up guys um know that we are praying for each person that that listens um Mm -hmm. and, and know that we desire the absolute best for you we want to bring the good news and this is good news that we don't have to be afraid anymore. We can go out and do the work and we can free people from that freedom. So until next week, we will meet you back on this. What does it say? How's on this bat channel at the same bat time? Is that ringing a bell to you? Anyways, I used used to watch the old Batman. Same bat channel, same bat time. Same bat time. Um, We will uh, see you next week. God bless. Love you guys. Thank you for joining us today. You are the reason why we do this podcast and you are truly a blessing to us. 
We would love to hear from you. Whether you'd like to comment or ask questions about this episode, give us ideas for future topics to discuss, or if you just need to reach out and hear back from one of us, you can do so by leaving us a message from the podcast or by going to walkingintruthministries.org. And then you could also send us an email at witministries.tx at gmail.com. That is wit, W-I-T, ministries.tx at gmail.com. And finally, it would be a huge blessing to us if you would like our podcast and go to our Walking in Truth Facebook page and by liking us there too. Again, thank you and God bless.